0: Hey, look to your neighbor and say, good morning. Good morning. Fantastic. Hey, I'm so excited to be uh, speaking with you today. Pastor Jimmy is spending some time with his mentor to help learn and to grow and to challenge him with some things. And so I get the opportunity to speak with you today. And I feel that as a, as a Christian, as a dad, as a husband, as a person that I should always be wanting to grow, wanting to always be learning. And I believe that either you're growing or you're dying. And so Pastor Jimmy, he's away this week with his mentor to learn things and to help him and to get things that are planning at his heart. And so I'm excited for him and uh, why he's getting his time away to, uh, to develop his, to develop some things going on in his life. But I want to ask you a question. Have you ever had something that you thought of that you keep going back to, that you choose and eat and dwell in on your mind. Has that ever happened? Like maybe something from a book or something from a movie or something from a TV show that you always dwell on? It has from me. And I tell you, um, in a few weeks, The Walking Dead's coming on. And so I begin thinking through things. I think, okay, if, if the zombie a virus breaks out, can Michael Dean run fast enough to get away from him? Or I think, how far, how long can I carry Sadie Rose before my back gives out? You know, Or I think, how in the world will Courtney be able to make cupcakes in a zombie apocalyptic world, right? You know? But no, that's silliness. But I know, that, but there are things that I do find myself... Chewing on and dwelling on in my mind. And a couple of weeks ago, uh, Mindy Joyner, she's a den mom for our Cub Scouts. And she asked me to come and speak to them and speak to them about reverence. And so I came and spoke to the Cub Scouts and I spoke about Joshua on the reverence that he had for God. And so ever since then, Joshua, I just have been chewing on Joshua and chewing on his life. And I always find myself coming back to Joshua at different times in my life. And so the thing is, you know, like in, you know, in River Kids, we always say, hey, who, who's your favorite person in the Bible? And the answer is always Jesus. Right. Because that's always the safe answer. Like, OK, yeah, we know we know that. But who, who, who who's your next favorite person in the Bible? God. Right. You know, always a safe answer. So you know, with that, with me, you know, Jesus is my favorite person in the Bible, and God is my favorite person in the Bible. You know, and I love the whole Bible, but my favorite books in the, in the Bible in the New Testament is the book of Luke. Man, I love the book of Luke. And also, I love the book of Hebrews because it ties the Old Testament and the New Testament together. I love the life and the story of David in the Old Testament because you see David at a young age, you know, in his early teens, being anointed king of this great country, Israel. While at the same time, you have this other king, Saul, who becomes very jealous of David, and he goes after David and tries to kill him because of the jealousy that he has. Man, I love those stories. But I tell you, the person that I find myself going to more than any other thing in the Bible is Joshua, and Joshua was an apprentice under Moses. He was Moses' assistant, and he served under Moses' time you know, while they were you know, in the desert wandering. And so what we have here, the children of Israel, they just left Egypt. They just crossed through the Red Sea, and so here they are, and they're ready to take possession of the land that God had promised them. They're ready to take possession of the promised land, the land called Canaan. And so here they are. So they're getting ready. They're doing their thing. And they sent out 10 spies to go to check out this land. And so for 40 days, these 10 spies are in this land. They're checking it out. They're looking it over and they're gathering things. They gathered fruit. They gathered vegetation. They gathered other things. And they came back and they talked to the people of Israel, these 12 spies. And they say, hey, listen, this land is awesome. This land is fertile. It's, got, it's land flowing with milk and honey. This land is awesome. This land is fantastic. You know, and Michael Dean, he is uh, nine years old. And so he doesn't understand like uh, illustrations or allegories yet. And so I remember being like that his age, that when I heard about this story, the land flowing with milk and honey, I'm like, oh, my gosh. How in the world can cows make that much milk to have rivers of milk? Then I go, how much work do the bees have to do to make that much honey? And I'm like, oh my gosh. Then you go play the game Candyland. You ever played that game? And it's got the chocolate swamp and the peppermint forest and Princess Swirl, the prince ice, the ice cream princess. I'm like, yeah, this sounds like my kind of land. And so the spies are describing this to the Israelites and they're like, yes, take us there, lead us there, Willy Wonka. I mean, lead us there, Moses. We want to go to this land. But then the spies said, hey, hey, wait a minute. We're not telling you the whole story. Listen. This land, the people that live there are giants. They're huge. They're strong. They're warriors. They've got weapons. We don't. This land has people, they're they're, they're not Oompa Loompas. They're big and strong. They have these cities with fortified walls. They have armies. And so this land is going to be a battle. We don't have weapons We don't have the swords that we need to defeat them. And so the people like oh, they started getting scared and they didn't want to go. They wanted to stay exactly where they're at. But Joshua and Caleb stood up and said, hey, listen, you know, they stood up against the other 10 and they say, hey, listen, they stood up against the millions of people that are that what who Israel was at that time. And they say, hey, listen, God has promised us this land. And so if God promises this land, then He will fight with us. He will fight for us. He will give us this land. Then the people's like, no, no, we can't do that. He they're not going, we can't risk our lives for that. And so they made the decision right there that will forever affect who they are. They forever made a decision that forever affected their relationship with God because they didn't trust him. Yeah, they would call it the ripple effect. Have you ever been out on a boat or um, like Lake Norman or High Rock Lake or Lake Tillery and you're on the shore and you see a boat in the distance that goes scooting along and you're floating along the shore? It takes a while for the ripple to get to you, but then finally you start to feel you know, the ripple from that boat. Well, this is a decision that they made. But this was a 40-year ripple in their life. And that decision that they made, the ripple that they will experience in their life was going to be death in the desert because they chose not to believe God. And so everyone there, everyone that was an adult over, the age, over a certain age was going to die there in the desert except for Joshua, Caleb, and their families because they trusted God. They believed that God could lead them and God had the strength and God had the ability to move them forward. But God said, listen, the rest of you, you're going to die here in the desert. The decision that you make will be a ripple effect for the rest of your lives that you will not see the promised land. And this was Moses too. Not just everybody else, but Moses as well. Their leader, their spiritual leader, their deliverer that God used did not trust God to deliver the promised land to them. But Joshua and Caleb believed and trusted. And so this is why I love The story of Joshua and Caleb. I'm not exactly sure what happens with Caleb. You know, he kind of fades away a little bit. But we have the story of Joshua, and I love this story. You know, there was a time when Courtney and I thought that after we had Michael Dean that we were we were done with kids. You know, so uh, we thought we were done. But then we get pregnant uh, with Sadie, and by that time when we first realized we were pregnant, I'm like, oh yes, what if we have twins? What if it's twin boys? It could be, it could be Joshua Dean and Caleb Dean, right? You know, cause my middle name is Dean. And so Michael Dean's got my middle name, you're Michael Dean. And then we got Joshua Dean and Caleb Dean. And then I've got my dad's middle name, Ivy Dean. And though then my brothers, we have the same middle name, Bobby Dean and Dwayne Dean. Awesome. And you know what we could do? We could sing country music and make sausage all day long. Okay. And so, but I love this story of Joshua. You know, he stood up against the other 10 people. He didn't back down. He didn't care what they thought. He believed and he trusted in God. And so he stood up against everybody else. Listen, if God promised this to us, then he will give this to us. And that's what we need to remember. And so here's the story. In Joshua chapter one, they're standing on this side of the Jordan River. The Jordan River is about the size of the Mississippi River. It's not like Rocky River but like the Mississippi River. And so they're standing on the side of it, and the promised land is right beyond that river. And then God and Joshua have a conversation in chapter 1, verse 11. Three days from now, you will cross the Jordan to go in and take possession of the land that I am giving for your very own. God is saying, Joshua, listen. Listen. You have got a tremendous future ahead of you. You have got a tremendous opportunity ahead of you. You've got an awesome place of land ahead of you. But Joshua, you must take possession of it. You must take possession of this land. Joshua, you must take possession of your future. And so with Joshua, his future of this land is going to be a mixture of things. It's going to be a mixture of blessings, but also a mixture of battles. Because for the next 25 years of Joshua's leadership of the Israelites, you're going to see blessings of, mixture of blessings, and you'll see mixture of battles. And I know that many of you in here can relate to that. You might be in a battle right now, and how can you make it through that battle? You might be struggling right now, how can I make it through that battle? How do I move forward? How do I continue on? How do I trust God in these battles? Point number one, you look back to the future. You look back to the future. I think someone should make a movie about that. But, but you look back to the future. And so what Joshua does, he is, he is, you know, bringing the people together and he's saying, listen, you gotta look back to the future. And so what he does in chapter 23, Joshua brings all the leaders, all the elders, the Jewish leaders of that time, they bring them, they bring them together and say, hey, listen, You know, I'm going to die soon. And so when I die, you need to lead these people. You need to lead these people in the ways of God. And so then in chapter 24, he's bringing everybody together, the whole nation, the whole country. And Joshua is giving them this challenge. In chapter 24, verse verse 1, Then Joshua assembled all the tribes at Shechem. He summoned the elders, the leaders, the leaders, Judges and officials of Israel. And they presented themselves before God. This is kind of like the president's State of the Union address. Where everyone comes together and they listen to what the president says. The senators are there. The congressmen are there. All the TV cameras are there. And so the president is addressing the United States. But instead now this is Joshua. And Joshua is addressing the people. And the thing is with Joshua, these are his last words. He is about ready to die soon. He ends, chapter 24, ends with his death. But Joshua is instructing the people, giving his last, almost will and testament to the people. And when he starts out by being a historian, talking about the history, the short history, the small history of the Israelites. In verse 2, Joshua said to all the people, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Long ago, your ancestors, including Terah, the father of Abraham, and Nahor, lived beyond the Euphrates River and worshipped other gods. But I took your father Abraham from the land beyond the Euphrates and led them throughout Cana and gave him many descendants. I gave him Isaac, and to Isaac I gave Jacob and Esau. I assigned the hill country of Shair to Esau, but Jacob and his family went down to Egypt. So here's what Joshua was doing. He's saying, listen, remember Abraham? God promised him that he was going to be a great nation. And so he promised us that we are going to be a great nation. And so he goes, and begins to recount the history of the, of the Israelites, the history of the people. But Joshua knew the heart of the people and how the people react. He knew that the cycle of life that they would do, they would worship God. God would bless them. And then they would get, turn their backs on God. And then, with that, they would hit despair. They'd hit hard times. They would hit destruction in their life. They would hit rock bottom. And then they would realize oh, there's God. Then they'd turn, their, turn back to God. Then they'd start worshiping God and seeking God. And then the cycle starts all over. And that's exactly what we do today in our country. You know, we hit rock bottom in our lives and and we ask God to help us and God comes in to help us and God moves in our life. You know, we start coming to church, we start volunteering, we start serving and we start trusting in God, then then we think, oh man, things are great, then uh, we'll skip church and one Sunday becomes two Sundays and then it eventually becomes months and months and months and you quit going to church, you forget about God and then you turn your back on God and you're just doing your own thing. Then all of a sudden something hits hard. You hit hard times and you get hurt and you start getting frustrated and you get sick or whatever it is. You hit rock bottom and you turn your heart back to God and you start serving God and you start doing things for God. You start coming back to church. You see, that cycle is not just for today. That was going way back then when Joshua was leading Israelites. And so he was instructing them, you've got to remember God. You got to remember God in the hard times. You got to remember God for what He has done for you in the past. That financial hardship that you're going through right now. Remember how God has blessed you in the past. How God has helped you in the past. You remember that, uh, that, that job that you're going through where your boss is disconnected and, and you got all these employees, your coworkers stabbing you in the back. Remember God. Because that's what Joshua's telling the people. Remember God. God, remember how He has blessed you. Remember how He has blessed you before the hard times hit. And then Joshua goes on to verse five. Then I sent Moses and Aaron, and I afflicted the Egyptians by what I did there, and I brought you out. When I brought your people out of Egypt you came to the sea, and the Egyptians pursued them with chariots and horsemen as far as the Red Sea. But they cried to the Lord for help, and he put darkness between you and the Egyptians. He brought the sea over them and covered them. You saw with your own eyes what I did to the Egyptians. Then you lived in the wilderness for a long time. Joshua's saying, hey, listen, people. Listen, remember what I did. I brought you out of slavery. Remember that I fed you in the desert. Remember how I protected you against your enemies. Remember these things. Don't forget them. Remember how I provided you financially in the past because things are hard right now. Remember how, I, how messed up your life was before you started coming to church and started living for me. Remember the, uh, the, the addictions that you used to have before I came in to help. Remember, don't give in to those things. And listen, I know that it's not always easy. Yeah, I've got short-term memory loss sometimes. You could ask Courtney. I'm all the time telling her the same story over and over and over within a matter of 30 minutes. She said, you told me that already. I did? I don't remember. Or I'm all the time, okay, now what time are we leaving? Are we supposed to be there at 11.30? No, 11. Oh, supposed to be there at 11.45? No, 11. You know, so we have short-term memory loss. And that's exactly what happens with us with God. And so we have to look back to remember to help us in the moment of the present time but also to move forward in the future because it helps us to remember who God is. Then in verse 8, I brought you to the land of the Amorites who lived east of the Jordan River. They fought against you, but I gave them into your hands. I destroyed them from before you and you took possession of their land. When Balak, son of Zippar, the king of Moab, prepared to fight against Israel, he sent for Balaam, son of Beor, to put a curse on you. But I would not listen to Balaam. So he blessed you again and again, and I delivered you out of his hand. Then you crossed the Jordan and and came to Jericho. The citizens of Jericho fought against you, as also did the Amorites, the Pezites, the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Jigasites, I guess, Hidvites and Jebusites. Sounds like a Jewish law firm in New York City, right? But I gave them into your hands. I sent a hornet ahead of you, which drove them out before you. Also the two Amorite kings, you did not do it with your own sword and bow. So I gave you a land on which you did not toil and cities you did not build. And you live in them and eat from the vineyards and the olive groves that you did not plant. And so right here, Joshua is reminding the people on how God has helped them in their battles. That they're living in cities that they did not build. They're enjoying the fruits from the vineyards and the olive trees that they did not plant. And you know that job that you're at, that the boss is disconnected. You know that your job that you're at, that you can't get along with your employees, with the other employees, God is saying, I am right there with you. I am right there with you. I am helping you in that battle. You know that marriage that you have that is falling apart? I am right there with you. I am right there wanting to help you. You know, the. you keep remembering the addictions that you've had in the past that you keep struggling with and you keep longing to have that feeling again, don't give in because God is right there with you. He is encouraging you not to give in. Don't do it. Don't give up because I'm right there with you. And what's great about Joshua, we see a conversation that God and Joshua have. In chapter 1 of Joshua, God is talking to Joshua. He said, No one, in verse 5, will be able to stand against you as long as you live, for I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you or abandon you. Be strong and courageous, for you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors I would give. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all instruction Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will, possess you will be successful in everything you do. God is telling Joshua, listen. No one will be able to defeat you because I am with you. No one will be able to crush you because I am with you. No one will be able to take you down because I'm fighting the battle with you and I'm fighting the battle for you. And so God is encouraging Joshua, listen, be strong and be courageous. Three times in this chapter, God has instructed Joshua to be strong and be courageous. Deuteronomy also gives us a part of this story. He tells them seven times to be strong and to be courageous. I am with you, Joshua. I am in the middle of that battle with you. No matter how bad that marriage is, don't give up. No matter how bad things are at work, don't slander them. Don't slander your neighbors. Don't slander your friends. Don't slander other people. I am there with you. Take the high road. No matter how bad financially things are, don't give up. Don't give in because I am there with you. Just as I was there with Moses, I am there with you, Joshua. And just as God was with Joshua, he is also with us. But let me tell you this next part be careful to obey the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left then you will be successful in everything you do. This is the kicker right here. This is the important part right here. If you miss anything else, listen to this. Because God is very clear in this statement. Joshua, if you keep your word, if you keep my word in your heart, if you do not deviate from them, if you don't go to the left or to the right, you will be successful in everything you do. There is no mincing of of words. There is no room for misunderstanding. It is very clear right here in this part. God tells Joshua, if you keep my word in your heart, you do not go to the left or to the right. He doesn't say you might be successful. He doesn't say that you may be successful, but he says you will be successful. And I think that's why so many of us, so many of you, and me have battles today in our lives because we have deviated from God's word. We have went to the left and we have went to the right. We have stepped away from God's word. We don't have a regular time in our day to pray and to read God's Bible. We have deviated from God's word and that might be some of the reasons you're having battles in your life right now. That might be why you have hit rock bottom and things are going crazy right now. It just might be. But God is very clear in this, that if we follow his word and we keep it in our hearts and we do not deviate from it, we will be successful. It's a great promise of the Bible. But what's great about this part, it leads us back to uh, chapter 24, verse 14. So what we need to do, point number two, is that you've got to decide what to do. You've got to decide what to do. Fourteen, now fear the Lord and serve Him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods your ancestors worship beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt. And serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourself this day whom you'll serve. Whether the gods of your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you're living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. And so what Joshua goes on from doing right here, he stops being a historian and he starts making a proclamation that we are going to serve the Lord. Me and my family, no matter what, we are going to serve the Lord. And you can make a choice too. You can make a choice to serve that idol that sits on your shelf that collects dust. Or you could serve the God that brought us into a land that we did not have to plow. Or you could serve a God that brought us into a land that's got the vegetation that we did not have to plant. Or you could serve a God that gave us cities that are well fortified. The decision is yours. Your idols did not do it. Your, um, your wooden statues did not do it. But I am choosing to serve God. The other things do nothing for you. You, you desire to move up the, the promotion ladder while at the same time forgetting your family that will do nothing for you. You desire to, um, to have a nice vacation in a new car and yet you financially struggle? Or, or maybe let's say you get up early on Saturday morning to travel the state playing travel ball, but yet you can't get up on Sunday mornings to take your family to church. Make the decision. Decide what you're going to do. We all have decisions to make. You know, sometimes they're easy, sometimes they're not. We all have decisions to make. And this part right here, it's a struggle for me. I'm not, I, you know, I'm not some super tight person. You know, as a pastor, sometimes, you know, I love the Lord and I struggle. Sometimes is, is God really the first thing in my life? Because sometimes being a pastor gets blurred with it being my job. And sometimes those things get blurred. And so sometimes I struggle with, am I leading my home? Because when I leave here, sometimes I am just exhausted. I am overwhelmed and I'm exhausted. And my mind is kaput. And all I want to do is just go home and lay on the couch and watch TV. But I know I got Courtney. And so I have to make an effort when I come home to hug and kiss and love on Courtney. I have to make an effort when I come home to play Baby Dolls with Sadie Rose. I have to make an effort when I come home to play monkey in the middle with Michael Dean. Even though I am exhausted and I'm tired, I have to make that effort. You want to talk about the reward? The reward is when Courtney and I get to have undisturbed time together and we could talk and hang out. The reward is when I'm laying on the couch and Michael Dean comes over and flops down on me and kisses me on the cheek. The reward is when Sadie Rose comes running up to me and say, Daddy, and hugs my legs and say, I love you. That is a fantastic reward. And the same is true with our relationship with Jesus. It takes effort. It's not just going to be easy. It takes effort. We have to work at our relationship with Jesus. It just doesn't happen. You've got to have a time where you sit down and you put God's word in your heart. You've got to have a time where you sit down and pray. You've got to focus on God. Because if you're not doing that, you are deviating to the left and to the right. And you're having problems in your life. And you're doing those battles by yourself. You've got to decide. You've got to decide when you go home today what you're going to do. You've got to decide today that maybe there's some people that you've got to cut out of your life. You've got to decide there are some social media things that you've got to either delete people from or delete altogether from your life. You've got to decide there's people in your phone book and on your phone that you've got to delete because they will make you deviate from God's Word. You've got to make that decision. And only you can make that decision because you've got to stay focused on the Word of God then you'll be successful in everything that you do. Then it goes on that people respond in chapter 1, verse 16. The people answered Joshua, far be it from us to forsake the Lord to serve other gods. It was the Lord, our God himself, who brought us and our parents out of Egypt from that land of slavery and performed those great signs before our eyes. He protected us on our entire journey and among the nations throughout which we traveled. And the Lord drove out us, drove out before us all the nations, including the Amorites and who lived in the land. We too will serve the Lord because he is our God. And then Joshua said to the people, you're not able to serve the Lord. He is a holy God. He is a jealous God. He will not forgive your rebellion and your sins. If you forsake the Lord and serve foreign gods, he will turn and bring disaster on you and make an end of you after he has been good to you. You see, Joshua is remembering that cycle of life. He knows that the people will make the decision, then serve God, and then go away. And so that's why Joshua is pushing so hard with the people. Because he knows the cycle of life. And the thing is, you know, he's talking about a jealous God. It's not that God is jealous of me. It's not that he's jealous of something that I have. It's not that he's jealous of my good looks and my beautiful hair, right? That's not what he's jealous of. He is jealous for me to be in a relationship with me. Just like he is jealous for you to be in a relationship for you. Because he can do and offer things that money, that relationships, that jobs or sports or anything else could never do. God is jealous for you. Then in verse 21, But the people said to Joshua, No, we will serve the Lord. Then Joshua said, You are witnesses against yourselves that you have chosen to serve the Lord. You, yes, we are witnesses, they replied. Now then, said Joshua, throw away the foreign gods that are among you and yield your hearts to the Lord, the God of Israel. And the people said to Joshua, we will serve the Lord and obey him. At this moment right here, Joshua is pushing the people. It's either shut up or put up. It's either shut up or put up. Because too many times people serve God with their lips, but their actions do something completely different. And so God is, Joshua is challenging the people, make your minds up, serve them. If you're going to serve them, serve them with everything that you've got. Make your minds up, serve him. Quit going back and forth. You know, maybe today when you go home, you start. And maybe you start with saying, I'm sorry. I messed up. I made a mistake. Maybe you start throwing things away throwing those magazines away. Maybe you start putting that web filter, that web blocker on your computer to keep you from looking at things that you shouldn't. Maybe it's time that you start choosing a time where you read your Bible and you pray. Whether it's in the morning. I like mornings. I'm a morning person. Maybe it's it's at lunchtime. Maybe it's at night before you go to bed. But choose a time to put God's word in your heart so you don't deviate from it. Joshua understood the meaningless of words without action. Then he goes on to verse 25. On that day, Joshua made a covenant for the people. And as the band there come forward at Shechem, and he reaffirmed for them the decrees and the laws. And Joshua recorded these things in the book of the law. Then he took a large stone and set up under the oak tree near the holy place of the Lord. See! He said to all the people, This stone will be a witness against us. It has heard all the words the Lord has said to you. It will be a witness against you if you are untrue to your God. Then Joshua dismissed the people and sent them to their own inheritance, sent them to their own home. And so here, what Joshua was doing, he says, Hey, everybody here, look, look around. Because everybody here is a witness to the commitment that we're making today in serving the Lord. If you go home and you say that you're saying right here that you're going to serve the Lord, but you don't throw away your idols and then you start doing those old things, you're accountable for that. And so Joshua is instructing the people, hey, listen, we are witnesses here. And so they rolled up a stone up under the oak tree, and every time they looked at that stone, it was to serve as a reminder of the commitment that we're making to God. And at Rocky River Church, we use baptism as that. When you decide to follow Jesus, you know, we use baptism as your public proclamation in serving Christ that you invite your friends and family to, that, that you invite other people to to come and, and watch you be baptized because that's your public proclamation. That brings accountability into your life. We also send you a certificate in the mail that when you come across, it reminds me of my commitment to Christ. You know, today, maybe there's someone in here, maybe it's you, and you've never made a commitment to serve Christ. You never decided for your life to become a Christian. And so today I want to challenge you to do that. And if you would like to do that, to make a change in your life, to become a Christian and follow Christ, I want to know about it. And the way to let me know about it is by using the connection card inside your bulletin I spoke about earlier. Fill it out and give us the information that you're comfortable giving where I can follow up with you. We've got a Bible and a book that we want to send you. But we also got these little crosses. I want to, we give these out in the flood student ministry on Wednesday night to serve as a reminder of the commitment that you made with God. Because I'm telling you, it's not going to be sunshine and lollipops all the time. You're going to have battles, and you're going to have struggles, and you're going to need reminders. And this could serve as a reminder in that hard time that Christ loves me and God is with me that no matter what I can make it through this battle. Maybe you have been a Christian for a while and you've deviated. You've went to the left or you went to the right from God's word. And you want today to be a new day. You want to start over. You want to do something new again in your life. Put that on your connection card. Put new on there. If you want to believe Christ for the first time today, put a big B for believe. Because we want to pray for you. We want to help you. Would you stand? As I pray, this would be a good time to fill out your connection card and you could put that in the offering as you leave. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much for the love that you have for us, the grace that you give to us. And I pray that when the battles are hard, that we'll remember that you are with us, fighting the battle for us. You are there to help us, no matter what's going on in our lives. I pray that that for the person that is struggling and making that decision right now, That they'll make that decision to follow you. I pray for you know for those that have struggled for a long time and have gotten away from reading your word. I pray today is a new day for them. I pray that our lives will be committed to you. That no matter what's going on, we will rise above and know that you're fighting those battles for us. That we won't give in, that we won't give up but that will hold on to your word. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.